Hello there, Dr. Hedberg here with you in the Psychology Report. You know, today I'd like to um, tackle a topic that is controversial and very sensitive, you know, for most of us. You know, we have all grown up under the notion that there are two things that you cannot talk about. It's just like there are two things that are for sure, death and taxes. And you can talk about those if you want, and you can argue and complain. But those are two things that are going to happen for sure. But there are also two topics that are really taboo, and that we're not supposed to talk on them, and we and be encouraged not to talk about them, particularly in public. And that is religion and politics. You know, we just have gone through, and we're still in the middle of it, by the way, a very delicate issue of talking about politics related to President Trump, the loss of the presidency by a lady that for sure was going to win, they, they thought, and she thought. But here we are in the middle of the playoffs, so to speak, in the aftermath. And again, we're being told, don't talk about politics, particularly in public. Don't, because it's just going to be turned into argument. It's going to turn into battles. It's going to turn into the loss of friendships, you know, and so on. So don't talk about politics. And certainly don't talk about religion because people have different points of view. Different people have certain affinities towards religious belief, you know, ways of practice religious belief, and different content of religious belief, and different theologies, and different biblical understandings, and using different Bibles even, and using kind of different church formats uh, to worship and express their faith. But we're not supposed to talk about those in public. But you see, I don't agree with that. And here's why. My one point is, those are the two big issues that affect our life and affect our daily living. The political, governmental scheme affects our daily living every single day. We have to deal with politics. We have to deal with regulations. We have to deal with laws. We have to deal with uh, different points of view and things that are happening on the national scene and the philosophies of different political parties and, and so on. That affects us every single day. And same with our religious faith. The way we view the world, the way we view the happenings in our life from day to day. Why people die. Why people die young. Why babies die. You know, why... Grandma died, and she shouldn't have died, and shouldn't have died in that manner, and why people have pain, and why people suffer, and on and on and on and on. And we're not supposed to talk about it? I mean, those are major issues of life, and they should be talked about. And the problem is that we haven't been taught how to talk about controversial matters. Schools have not taught us how to just discuss Issues that are controversial. In fact, they don't even want to teach controversial issues because they're afraid of repercussions of various kinds, legal and certainly. But yet, we live in a world of controversy. We live in a world of conflict. We live in a world of difference of opinion. We live in a world in which there are numerous ways of viewing why things happen and why they happen in the way that they happen and when they happen. But we can't talk about it. That's unfortunate. You see, it isn't a matter that we can't talk about it. It's a matter that we have not learned how to talk about it. 
That's what's missing. That's the problem. That's the rub. If schools taught people how to talk about controversial matters, these matters would be open for discussion because we would know how to talk about them. Churches don't teach us how to talk about religious matters in the public marketplace. Uh, if they did, we'd make it a point of open discussion. Okay? In other words, we have to learn something. We have to learn that when there is controversy, whether it's political or religious or some other matter, matter so, so to speak, we can talk about it if we approach it in a certain way and under certain terms and conditions. And we need to teach people how to do that. I'm going to take a stab at this a little bit as to what are some of the ways in which you can talk about things that are controversial, how to talk about people who represent the other point of view or another point of view or the other side of the matter. Rather than just avoiding it altogether, kind of pretending it doesn't exist, and go on frustrated knowing that your point of view has never been heard and never really been understood and that you don't understand somebody else's point of view, rather than doing that, let's learn together how to approach controversy and how to approach difference of opinion and how to approach people who are of a different mindset and who represent a different point of view. Let me just give you a few pointers. And uh, you take these as a matter of um, learning. Should have learned this in school, but maybe you didn't. First of all, when you get into controversial talk, when you're talking about religion and politics, for instance, as an example, don't seek to convert the other person or to win the argument. Don't try to make a Republican out of a Democrat. Don't try to make a Republican out of an Independent. Don't try to make a Catholic uh, to become a Jew or to become a Protestant or to become some other religion. That is not your point of view. That's not your purpose. You are not to be the person to convert somebody else and to win somebody else to your point of view. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to understand another person, to understand the points of view of another person, to understand where somebody comes from and why they believe in a certain belief and why they represent a certain point of view or political leaning. Just try to understand. In other words, approach it from the point of view of understanding, not winning the argument. Understanding, not trying to convert somebody. Now, conversion may happen in time, over time. Winning might happen in time, over time. But that's not your intent and your purpose in, every, in any given conversation or communication with them. Start with that idea that you need to learn how people have come to believe what they believe and why they believe what they believe. And those are the kind of questions that you can ask. Learn that there are people who, for whatever reason, believe differently than you. Maybe that's how they grew up. Maybe that's the only words they got in their home. Maybe that was the only teaching they ever received or example they ever received from their parenting. Well, if that's the case, just talk about that. Talk about how they come to a particular point of view and why they believe it and just its importance to them or it's the meaning to them. So in other words, try to get into the skin of the other person and understand their viewpoint on religion, politics, or any other matter as far as that's concerned. Okay, first of all, don't go for the juggler. Don't go to win. Don't go to convert. Start the conversation with trying to understand. And 
follow the lead and see where it goes. The other thing is, this number two is, keep it moving. Keep your conversation moving. You know, it's easy to get stuck. It's easy to get stuck on some point and just try to hash it out and try to say it two or three times in different kind of ways and try to force a point of view upon somebody and reiterate it and and, and, and restate it in numerous ways and different points of view of, of trying to take a point of view and represent it differently and give it a different spin in some way so that somebody might digest it and somebody might accept it and somebody might believe as you believe or take the point of view that you have. No, don't worry about that. Just keep the conversation moving from topic to topic to question to question. Move it along. Just move on to something else. Move on to a different aspect of it. Move on to another point. Move on to another issue on the agenda or whatever it might be. But don't get stuck and just stay in one point. Because if you don't know the answer to one point, if you can't make movement, you can't make progress on one point, the conversation's over. So just learn how to segue. Learn how to kind of say, well, you know, that leads me to another kind of question. I was thinking about this. And then just move on to another question. Okay, so that's number two. Keep it moving. And then number three is, start with a story. You know, tell a story. Tell your story. How you came to believe as you believe. How you came to be a person of faith. How you came to be a person who represents a particular point of view, Republican or Democratic, or why you became independent. Just tell your story. Tell the history of it. Tell how that kind of unfolded in your life. People like to hear your story. And then ask them their story how they came to be a Republican, how they came to be Democratic, how they came to be Methodist or Presbyterian or Catholic or Jewish or, you know, whatever it might be, Muslim even. You see, you want to know what is inside the individual. What is their personal story? Tell a story, because that will sum up a great deal about the person and why they believe they believe. Don't worry about so much that they believe in a certain way or have a certain point of view or whatever. That may not necessarily always be important. But it may be important that you show interest in the person as to why they came to that particular belief and understanding. And then you, you share your story so that the two of you have this mutual understanding on a political issue or religious issue or, you know, whatever issue, you know, you might be dealing with. Okay, that's number three. Number four is this. Tell me more. Just tell me more about that. In other words, be a listener. But be open. Be an open listener. You know, when you're talking to somebody and they're uh, arguing some particular point of view or telling you what they think and what they believe and, and the emotions that they might share with that particular point of view, you know, you, it's easy for you to bite the apple. It's easy for you to bite into the argument, to bite the... The, the, the tongue of the other person. It might, it's easy to kind of get into a person's life and argue with them right at that point. But don't. Hesitate. Hold back. And then just answer by this, by saying, that's interesting. Could you tell me more? I'd be interested in how that came to be or, or how fully you think this way or what's the implications of that or why you feel that way you, you feel and why that's important to you and why that important you know, for you to share that with somebody else. You don't have to tell your story necessarily, but you can ask for more information. And when you ask for more information, you're, giving the convey, you're, you're conveying the point of view or the thought that you're interested in the person, the other person, and what they think and what they believe and what positions they hold. And when you show interest in the other person, they'll be much more willing to listen to you 
we ought to be willing to digest your point of view and your observations when it comes to your turn to talk. So just kind of be open. Be a listener, but be open. Keep the conversation moving. Don't work on the issue. You got to win them and you got to convert them now today. You see? Let that appear and let that unfold over time. And then the other thing is avoid having a war of facts. You know, it's easy for us in an argument or in a discussion with somebody on religion that we know more than they know. Or an argument on some political point of view that you know more than somebody else knows. And there's a tendency then for you to just unfold a bushel basket or a a wheelbarrow of facts. You know, did you know this? One, two, three, four, five, and, you know, list all the facts. Had you thought about this? Boom, 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 boom. You really know your facts on this? Do you really know that this is what happened and this is the way it happened? Boom, 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 boom. You know, that idea of just unloading facts on somebody is is giving you that sense of superiority, but it gives them a sense of inferiority because if they don't know the facts, you're making them look stupid. You're making them look, you know, unfulfilling and, 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 and not open and uh, ignorant, if you will. That's no way to have a friendship. That's no way to leave a relationship or to open up a relationship even, for that matter. Avoid the war of facts. Sure, there are facts to support your point of view. Sure, there are uh, ways in which you can support any argument that you may have, whether those facts are true or not or whatever, but they're facts as far as you're concerned. And there's that tendency to just unload three or four or five facts and then hope that they will back off or that they'll come to your point of view and believe what you think. Whether it's on the issue of creation or whether it's the issue of uh, uh, the future of the world. I mean, there are many, many different issues that you can focus on. But be careful that you don't just come for bear with the facts that you've accumulated, that you've read about and that you thought about. You're at a disadvantage. You're putting them at a disadvantage. If you come with all the facts that you've thought about and you've read about and you've listed and you've studied and you now have memorized, that doesn't mean that they have on. So they come to the discussion as an inadequate person, inadequately prepared, and you're going to make them feel that way. And they're going to just reject you, not just your argument or not just your point of view or not your position. They're going to reject you and everything that you stand for. So you got to be careful of that. Don't get involved in the war of facts, you see? You know, and then here's another one. It's okay for you to express that you have some doubts too. It's all right for you to express that you're really not fully sure that this is the way it is or this way it's going to unfold or this is the way that political issue really is true or will really happen or not. Whether it's building the wall or it's building... Uh, something else, or it's the immigration issue, or it's taxation, or it's a health care matter, and whatever. Sure, you may have your point of view on it, and you may have thought it through, and maybe you even are fairly convinced that your point of view is right, or that it's a good position, or that it's a reasonable position to hold. But, you know, you may have a few doubts yourself. And it's okay to just say, you know, this is what I think, but I'm not quite sure about this, or I'm not quite sure about that. I'm not quite sure about the other element of it. Or, you know, maybe you can help me with this. I'm not quite sure. What do you think about that? What do you, how do you see this? How do you work it through? How do you kind of process in your own mind uh, 
this other issue. You see, that's how you do it. You just kind of let yourself be vulnerable. Let yourself be open to the fact that you may have a doubt and maybe they can help you understand the position a little bit better to help you with your doubt yeah, as you try to help them with their doubts. So in other words, hey, if you come at a discussion that's argumentative or potentially argumentative and potentially a conflict situation and could be a separation between you and that other person, whether it's in your own family or your own marriage or your own neighborhood or your own community, your own church, your own club, your own organization, your school, or, you know, whatever. Approach it kind of from the point of view of being open. You're going to be a listener. You're going to share in the discussion. You're going to share what you know. You're going to ask for information. You're going to have them share what they know. You're going to even express the fact that you are not fully understanding something. You're not fully sure of something. And then you want them to help you as well. So you come out of the discussion, not as a winner. You come out of the discussion as one who has made a friend. You come out of the discussion as one who has come closer together with somebody else. Maybe your neighbor. You see? I mean, you don't need to have that ultimate discussion where you separate and then never talk to each other again. That's, that's not going to be helpful. You want a discussion where there is an open-endedness to it so that there's an ongoing discussion. You can talk further about it tomorrow or next week or next month. You say there are certain things you can do. Now, here's the point how what you can do on that. Listen for free information. All communication, all relationships thrive on free information that people share. Okay? Now, the other day, I was talking to somebody who made a comment about his own fathering, and he said what he did was to make sure that he was not the father as he had a father. He broke the chain. He broke the links from his father on down to his son and, and so on. And it's a testimony because he's a better father. His son is a good father. And we're seeing now a whole new pattern generate. But, you know, I didn't have time to, or it wasn't really the place to talk about this in great detail. But, you know, it's on my agenda. And that someday in the near future, it will be open for a possible further discussion where I can ask him more of his story and more of what happened and why his father was so obnoxious that he did not want to follow in the footsteps of his own father. You know, that would be an opportunity for a lot of discussion. So, listen for free information. Put it on a hook in your brain. Just kind of store it away. And then in the later time, some other time in the future, you'll be able to pull it out and have that more full discussion at a time when you're more relaxed and you're more able to take another stab at discussion on a particular topic that otherwise might be controversial and might even be a cause for conflict. So, you don't have to have the conversation all today. In other words, spread it out over time. Let it unfold. Let it emerge. Just let it kind of develop and unfold in front of you so you both gain and you both can go to bed and sleep at night without having a conflict over what the other person thought or felt or believed. All you want to do is open some conversation. Now that's the difference. So again, let me come back to my original point. People often say, you can't talk about politics, you can't talk about religion in, around this table or in this home or in this place or with me or whatever it might be. And I've had many of those occasions. But that's not the issue. And that's wrong. That's not good at all. 
The issue is learning how to talk to somebody about a conflict, learning how to talk with somebody who holds a different position, learning how to talk with somebody who is sitting across the aisle, how to talk with somebody who holds a position quite different from your own, and not use that as a basis of separating each other, but bringing together people around a common thought and pattern, and you both learn, and you both benefit, and you both grow, and you both thrive, and you both feel good afterwards. That's the objective, okay? So, politics, religion, fair game, but only if you know how to talk, only if you know how to approach it, only if you know how to respect the person with whom you're speaking, only with whom, only if you speak in a respectful manner of openness and honesty and, and just trying to be uh, a listener and trying to be a learner in the process. And maybe you'll learn more than you will share. Maybe you'll learn more than you'll teach the other person. That might be good. So this has been the Psychology Report. Glad to have you with me today. The United Pompeii Foundation. Let me just kind of bring it to your attention one more time. United Pompeii, P-O-M-P-E, Foundation. Look it up on the website. These are the kids that cannot convert uh, glucagon into sugar. And they cannot develop their muscles of their lung and their mid-body. And they often do not live very long. But if they do live, they live under great impairment. And the medication that they have to have for this is enormously expensive and not available everywhere. And some kids have to travel distance for the medication. Some have to pay a considerable amount of cash for the medication. Um, they need help. The United Pompeii Foundation raises money to help the families for the expenses that they have and the education that they need to deal with the children in their own home that have this disease and have this disorder. United Pompeii Foundation, P-O-M-P-E. Look it up on the website, and you know what? Send them a few bucks. There's an address right there. There's a place to send it. It's here in Fresno, California. But just go ahead and send them some bucks and be, be part of the solution. Be part of the support system. Be part of the help for these kids that are greatly in need of help from you and you know from others. Hey, good to talk to you today, and bye for now.